hit me. From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the hit, it's time for... Suck The number one award-seeking comedy podcast about comedy. And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy podcast podcaster, Mark Hershaw. Yes, it's me, Mark Hershon, your host and rack jobber for Epi 110 of Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast. This is a Succotash Clips episode, which means we're featuring clip after clip after clip from comedy podcasts scattered all over the Webiverse. A lot of them were harvested by our intrepid associate producer Tyson Saner. I scraped up a few. Some were sent in by comedy podcasters themselves or uploaded to us directly via our upload site at Hightail.com slash you slash Succotash. One of them isn't even a comedy podcast, but the host asked if I'd feature a clip, and you know what? I figured, screw the network fat cats and bigwigs. This is my show, damn it, and I do as I please. That's right. They can try to throw me out of here, out of this car where I'm recording this, but this one non-comedy podcast clip is going to be played come hell or high water, but just a little bit later in the show. What shows will we be clipping, might you ask? Here's what's in store. The Comatose Podcast, Eric and Stacy, Excuse My Ad Lib, The Blank Planet, We're From the Internet, and The Wrong Foot Podcast. In addition to the clips, we have a double dose of our Burst of Durst with comedian and social commentator Will Durst, a visit to the deceased, a deceased show pushing up the daisies in the podcast graveyard, and in lieu of a new Henderson's Pants ad, we have an old one, a listen in on the first episode of a new podcast from our own booth announcer extraordinaire, Bill Haywatt. In fact, let's start out leading into that. The way it even came up that Bill should start a podcast It was part of a discussion that was going on when he and I were guests recently of Davey and Dent on his podcast, The Blank Planet. This clip is from that appearance, although it's not the part where Davian and his friend on the show, Matt Bubbles, were urging Bill to do his own thing. But doing this show is what started things rolling. I saw Drive All Night with that that British guy, Liam Neeson, Liam Neeson going around killing people. And and you never felt more sorry for a man going around killing people because he always looks so sad. <laughs> you know, he's a sad man killing people. And I thought, well, this is poor, poor man. He has to kill all these people and his son still doesn't love him. And I was like, son, if I kill more people, will you love me? It's like, what is this question? I said, oh, I don't understand it at all. But he's a good actor, though. You really pity the poor man. Yeah. I have heard that he is quite incredibly well endowed. Who did you hear that from? From the Kevin Smith podcast, Hollywood Babylon. And I've heard it from some other sources as well. Apparently, So he... Kevin got down on his knees with a yardstick and checked the man out? Is that what you're saying? I, I, I don't know. I think a lot of it might be hearsay and stuff. But, um, you know, if enough people say it, you know, there's no smoke without fire, is there? Yeah, no, there's, you know, there's been actors over the... the Forrest Tucker was uh, somebody who was reputedly well endowed as was milton milton burl i said milton burl had a hell of a dick on him yeah but but you know nobody ever talks about podcasters dicks what's that about Uh, well when you consider the sort of people that do podcasting we're we're not normally well known for um well i'm not 
<laughs> Matt, take over the show. I was, but you know, I get a big boner now, and I'm so old, I just pass out because all the blood rushes oh. from my head. It's embarrassing. But but you figured there'd be at least one or two people that had, you know, there were podcasters that wanted to start the rumor, right? But I haven't heard anything about well-endowed podcasters. Great proofs. Well, I just Kurt, think these guys must have. Bill Hayward definitely has a massive penis. Don't you dare mention Greg Proops in this in, in front of me, I'm, I'm <laughs> you know, as well, um, you said, he's a big dick, isn't he? Well, no, no, I love him to bits, but I've been trying to get him on my show for the best part of two years. And uh, I think I told Mark this a couple of weekends ago. <clears throat> I was doing a bit of a mammoth podcast session and I had to take a bit of a snooze break. Um, and uh, during the snooze, I missed a call from Greg. I didn't even know he was going to. He must have either did it by mistake or just on the off chance, but I fucking missed his call. Is that is that so? So you're out of the running? Is that what you're saying? I don't know. I don't know. I'll, I'll just have to see if he uh, pops by again. The discussion downgraded from there, and those Brits started prodding Bill to start his own podcast. So now he started supplying Davian with these mini sods, I guess you'd call them, which they're playing on Davian's other show, Strange Times. And I don't know if I'll be able to ever woo that drunken rummy back. Now, you can find Davian's show at theblankplanet.com, as well as on all the usual podcast outlets. But you know what? Here's a taste. Here's what Bill, on his own, sounds like. It's the Bill Haywatt Show! Bow! Hello, everybody. Thanks, guys. This is Bill Haywatt. Welcome to the Bill Haywatt Show. I'm here with my co-host, Siri. Siri, why don't you say hello to everybody? I don't know what you mean by, Siri, why don't you say hello to everybody? How about a web search for it? That's your answer for everything, isn't it? Search the web. Search the web. What would you like me to find, Bill? I'd like you to find me where I can get laid in this town. Okay, I found this on the web for I would like you to find me where I can get laid in this town. That's great, Siri. Thank you so much. Just doing my job. No, I think it's more than a job. I think for you, it is a calling. Sigh. Well, that's great. Siri's going to get me laid, and I guess that's all the time we have for the Bill Haywatch Show. Hey, Siri, one last question. What does the fox say? The Bill uh, Hey Watch Show Bow Oh Bill you can catch installments of the Bill Hey Watch Show on the Strange Time Show over at strangetimeshow.com and iTunes and Stitcher and etc cetera, etc cetera. Ah, this show is becoming entirely too meta. You know, to break that cycle, here's our first burst of durst wondering out loud about who are those people who even want to be president of the United States. Hey guys, Will Durst here to ask the question on every American's lips, what kind of an idiot actually wants to be president of the United States? Who are these people? Masochists? Sadists? Sadomasochists? Masosadicists? Folks who obviously failed to pay close attention during past elections? Can't be for the money. Salary is only 400 grand a year, about equal to a mid-level porn producer. 
Of course, if either Hillary Clinton or Carly Fiorino wins, we'd only have to pay them 73% of that. Nobody's running for their health. The pressure is brutal. We've all seen how presidents age while they're in office. Obama's so gray on top, he's starting to look like a snow-capped mountain pass. Thank God John McCain didn't win in 2008. He started out a sarcophagus. By the end of his first term, he would have looked like a rubber Yoda hand puppet shriveled in the Arizona sun. Now, don't tell me it's for the influence, because criticism is the candidate's only companion. The election's 17 months away, yet anyone even considering making a run is having their every move raked over like a beach near the crash site of a jet carrying the world's largest blue diamond shipment. Who in their right mind wants to be president? Aye, there's the rub. The right mind part. Can't be for the power. A president is buffeted by the winds of fate, as ineffective as a weatherman in an outhouse hit by a tornado. Campaigning for the presidency is like trying to get hired as a lion tamer, but then they take away your clothes, your whip, and your chair, paint dashes around your neck, and make you wear a sign saying, Bite here. I think the best way to look at it is, anybody who wants to be elected president shouldn't be. For Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast, I'm Will Durst. You'll find more Will Durst over on his home site, willdurst.com, tweeting at Will Durst and at the very end of this program where we unfurl the second Burst of Durst segment. Also, if you're going to be in or around San Francisco at the end of June, you can catch Durst giving a workshop as part of the Beatnik Shindig going on at Fort Mason. That's on Saturday, June 27th, just one hour from 10.30 to 11.30 in the morning, and the cost is only 20 bucks. So if you want to watch Will talk about how he does what he does, hop on over to beatnickshindig.com and grab yourself some ticks. All right, back after this. Welcome to Taco Tuesday, featuring Podcast Dan and Adam Wolf. Hey, hey, hey. hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back uh, to Taco Tuesday. I'm now noticing that Dan's, uh, the thing that holds his periscope uh, <laughs> is slightly open. I'm not, I'm, <laughs> I'm not kidding. What is 63 teeth that holds back a monster? <laughs> Unique instruments in rock bands. Uh, Courtney loves vagina. No, I just mean. I want Run DMC in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They probably are. I think they already are. I just learned about it. Yeah, he'll learn that in about 25 years. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to come in here like all excited. You heard of this band Houdini? (laughs) (laughs) I have this song about friends. This is Pipkin Pemberbrook. Taco Tuesday podcast is a non-for-profit organization. Uh, put, just put uh, some dollar bills or cash into an envelope uh, and send it to Uncle Dan at Clean Texas, uh, and it, it will get there. To, uh, they will find him. Adam, do you like any music? That's it. Yes, I like music. <laughs> <laughs> That's not where... <laughs> I don't know where. <laughs> oh my god. That's heavy. Did you take your vitamins this I morning? I take my vitamins. Taco Tuesday, featuring Podcast Dan and Adam Wolf. All right, we've got a clip in from the Wrong Foot Comedy Podcast sent in from executive producer Robin Brecker. 
they got a big old cast over there pulling off some delightful audio sketch comedy. I'm not sure who's in this piece from their Epi 194. It's called Unlucky Lou. beginning of episode 194 of the Wrong Foot Comedy Podcast to bring you this special news bulletin. We take you now to Yankee Stadium. Fans, fans, the past, the past two, weeks, two weeks, you've been reading, been reading about, about the bad break I got. Yet today, today, I consider myself, myself luckiest, luckiest man. man. On the face, on the face of the earth, of the earth, is it possible possible to turn the arena around down at all? Can we turn the echo down a bit? Is that possible? Possible? Hello, hello, anyone, anyone? The control, control booth up there? Can you, can you turn that turn down a bit? It's too much, too much echo. Over the PA, anybody there? Come on, hello, hello. The full house, full house here. People are trying to hear this street. Too much echo, echo. Hello, hello. Anybody there? This on? Hello, hello. What's a guy got to do to get the PA system working around here? I don't have long to go here. Getting tired. Getting tired. Hello? Hello? Anybody? Anybody? How'd you do your speech and get out? What's that? What's that? You heard me? Yeah, you, uh, yeah, you, stop yeah, thinking. you. Get out of here, Eddie. Shut up, you shut up, you big hog. Get out of the field if you can't play. They're never gonna, they're never gonna see you. I know, I know. I'll tell you that. 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 I'll tell you return you to our regularly scheduled podcast, the Wrongfoot Comedy Podcast, which you just heard, wrongfoot.net. Fun with with reverb. reverb. Love it. The Wrongfoot uh, Podcast is one that takes full advantage of our Succotash standing offer. It's a comedy podcast to retweet your show drops if you mention at Succotash show in your tweets. So catch them over at wrongfoot.net. They're also in the usual places. You can download or stream podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, but I don't think they're on SoundCloud yet. That's a good place. You can find us over there. Tyson grabbed us a sample of the Excuse My Ad Lib podcast, which their website describes as an online hip-hop-based talk show brought to you by you. The fans of hip-hop and hosted by Rosé, Big Therm, and J-Boss. Well, that succotash to a T. Big fan. Tyson says the selected clip is from the middle of a discussion about Trevor Noah, soon to be replacing Jon Stewart on The Daily Show, and is regarding whether or not someone's social media preference is a fair reflection of their non-virtual personality or being. Should social media have a direct impact on your career? Should people be able to judge you based on your Facebook, uh, Instagram, or Twitter profile? Okay, so so here's my, here's my stance on that, yo. I, because I, there's two sides to this coin, you feel me? Um... And there's two coins to the side. You feel me? Uh, so, no. No, uh, no, nah, nah, you feel me. Trust me. There's two coins to the side. You know oh. what I'm saying? So, <laughs> here's a problem. Is that I realize that, that I can good. be that judged. Was, that was good. Um, good, yo. Appreciate it. <laughs> I feel that you can um, you can be nah, judged. Nah, you feel me. You know what I'm saying? On your shit. 
but I think it's wrong to be judged on what you do on social media because unless you're like let's say Azalea Banks who you know her MO is to go OD crazy all the time or I think what's homeboy from MTV Andy Milanakis OD Everything he does is just like some OD crazy shit. I got peas on my head, but don't call me your pea head. Right, right, exactly. Very profound lyrics, you understand? But, yo, <laughs> what I'm it. saying is like, yo. Those bars. If every... Huh? Bars, yo. Bars. <laughs> if, every, if every chance you get, you're, you're like doing something that's just like trying to push the envelope, then I get it. If you're trying to say this person's like that. But if every now and then you drop a, you know, a little extra of a joke, you know, some people might be offended by it. That's not... That's a little that's not enough to judge somebody, you know what I'm saying? But like on Facebook, remember the whole thing is like, yo, you don't want to get caught on Facebook maybe like smoking weed, but you going out for a 9 to 5, you know what I'm saying? So what if you smoke a little weed? No big deal, you know what I mean? It's to me it's <laughs> it's like um it's not that big of a deal, but I get it why you would be judged. Yo, you feel me? I think people you animal. I think people should be judged. But yo, man, I'm real. I think you should be able to be 100% you all the time and and um, unfortunately, not having money doesn't. I think money creates freedom. When you are already rich, mm-hmm. you could be yourself a hundred percent of the time. I'm fortunate enough at this point to not have a nine to five, so I could talk about the same shit that we talk about on EMA, on my personal uh, Facebook, on my you know, on my Instagram. So I'm consistently the same person day in and day out. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have to you know put on the show that I needed to put on when. I right. put on a suit to go, you know, to do the nine to five thing right. that I did. So I think that, yeah, yo, people judge you based on that. And yeah, they should be able to. But I think they shouldn't make the same generalizations that they would, you know, if, you know, they saw you in public and made, you yeah, know what I mean? They like, knew don't, you personally. don't necessarily generalize based on a couple Instagram posts. But I think you should be able to understand that that is a part of my character because. I mean, if I'm posting something, it's me. I'm the, the person on the other side of that iPhone, on the other side of that computer. Then yeah, you can agree on it. You know what I mean? I, yo, I I'm the same person on EMA that I am in real life, that right. I am on Instagram, that I am on Facebook. I'm fairly consistent across the board. I'm 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 not. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't have that. It's hard injury. to do. I mean, it's hard know, to do. Fortunate for me and unfortunate for you guys that I'm me. So you know, what I mean, like people just love me mm-hmm. for who I am. Mm-hmm. So none of these things really apply to me. Mm-hmm. Put so, it out there. Where do you work? You know what I mean? But um, but the thing... Just put that, it all out the there. Thing, One more time. The thing, One more time about, the thing for me, though, so where, where do you that kind of like... One more time, third? Is, is conflicting. <laughs> I want to put out his address. Uh, One more time, third? I'm in the streets. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. But nah, what were you saying? Nah, real talk, though. But um, the conflicting thing for me as far as this topic is that, you know, like, you know, you know, Rose AJ love the kids. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. dealing with kids, kids are impressionable. So they don't necessarily understand what is... Real, what's fake, what's fun, what's whatever, or they don't true, understand the true. fact that a lot of things that you may do, you're sensible enough to know how to do it in the, in the spectrum that you're doing it in. So, so you know, it's a, it's, a, it's, it's a touchy subject, but you know, you're gonna be judged off everything that you do. It's just is what it is. People are judgmental people. Yeah, yeah. So some influencers yeah. who might have that impact, you might be a little, I might have that impact. You might be a little different on Twitter or Instagram than you would be on Facebook. If you're a fan of hip hop or just want to keep tabs on what's up in that world, check excusemyadlib.com for regular updates. Okay, the hip-hop thing was a little step away from our usual fare of comedy podcasts, so I'm going to slide a little further along to bring you a clip 
a very self-contained clip from the Comatose podcast. Executive producer John Bauer wasn't even going to send it in. He just liked Succotash. But I said, go ahead, let's do this thing. There are a number of people behind the scenes and on the microphones for this show, which is, according to their home site, the result of creative people who neglected getting into creative fields, finding a way to collaborate and release their pent-up energy. It's one part learning to express yourself, one part letting yourself go, and opening up the expression that's already there. Cool. Heavy. Heavy and cool. Let's give a listen. How are you? A warm welcome in another episode of Comatose, a weekly series of run-on thoughts and rambling-provoking stories on the surreal nature of our shared experiences. This is episode 10, and this week we have three new contributors. First up, we have Nizar Babu, who shares a story about growing up and growing distant. The hurdles that come with love and a new life are never quite what we expect. His touching piece, my favorite person. It's funny. After getting married, it took me years before I could entertain the idea of having children. Because the parents of my childhood were always just sort of looming in the periphery. And all I had were their examples. Have a child, drop them off at boarding school at the age of six, maybe check in periodically to deliver them chocolates and live off the hope that maybe one day they'd enter a prestigious university somewhere, hopefully shine a light upon that family name of ours. Now, my wife could present as many arguments as she wanted to. I was never going to give in. So we had a girl a couple years later. And I tell you, holding a thing that fragile for the first time, it was mortifying and equally elevating. And the product is this sort of pit of the stomach feeling that just never goes away. And yet slowly, I felt myself surrendering. I felt myself surrendering to this being of pure mayhem and enchantment. Because soon, words began taking meaning in her mind. I could read to her Dickens, Dostoevsky. I could discuss the nuts and bolts of ancient social structures. Okay, she would even watch Star Trek with me. Not even my wife would do that. And strangely, by age two, I had connected with my daughter in ways I could never connect with other humans before. And by not doing much, this little girl, she had become my favorite person. I mean, hands down, she was the best part of my day. I mean, I'd wake up in the middle of the night wondering what wild excuse she'd come up with not to eat her green beans. And then she began attending nursery school and soon after that primary school, and she had less and less time for me. And by age six, she wasn't even mine anymore. She belonged to the crayons in her classroom. She belonged to the jungle gyms of the playground. Every day, she belonged more to that spinning world of hers than she did to me. And you know what I learned? That through all my trials of raising a child, I came to understand that the experience was more like breaking a bone than anything else. I mean, I was glad to know that I had the stones to endure it, but I never want to experience such devastation again. But who knows? Maybe I won't mind having my bones broken the next time, because either way, my wife just told me we're having a second child. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'd like to remind you that you can find our podcast archive at comapod.com and that you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. 
We'd also like to take a moment and say that if any of you out there would like to have your music featured on Comatose, feel free to email us or contact us on Twitter. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and tune in next week for more realizations and speculations. there you are. If you'd like to do a little palate cleansing between doses of comedy podcasts, add the Comatose podcast to your subscription rotation. They have a very nice, clean, informative website, too, over at comapod.com. That's C-O-M-A-P-O-D.com. Here's a taste of what our friend Tyson Saner does when he's got a little extra time on his hands. He repurposes the audio from a podcast to create a promo for a show that doesn't exist. The audio for this was swiped out of Kevin Smith's Smodcoast Morning Show this past March. Coming this fall to NBN, the Nooner Broadcast Network. He was a movie buff from San Francisco. She ran a successful catering business. You telling me you've never had Mugu Guy Pan in your entire life? Uh, I've seen a guy with a pen. Together, they're crime-stopping dynamite. Chopsticks and haggis. Hey, chopsticks, help me move this body. What do I look to you like? A Chinese delivery boy? Chopsticks and haggis. Take your own bodies out to the dumpster yourself, goddammit. I've taken four already. My back. Chopsticks and haggis. Give me chopsticks and haggis. They don't work together anymore. I don't care. We're putting them on the beat. Chopsticks and haggis. Coming directly to On Demand. Because appointment television is for jive turkeys. You didn't know? Well, your ass better call somebody. Chopsticks and haggis. This is our crime scene now. Come on, chopsticks. Thanks, Tyson. I only wish that Chopsticks and Haggis was really coming to TV this fall. I I would watch it. I really would. Uh, Podcasting, you know, has kind of supplanted radio for a lot of people, and it's begun to seek specific programming niches in some cases. We got a note, for instance, from Kevin Steve, the host of We're From the Internet, and they asked us to clip them. They refer to their show as, quote, a daily comedy breakfast show, unquote, where they answer the most pressing question of the day, whatever it might be and wherever it might come from. Fair enough. Back in Epi 9 of their show, the question was, how big a house do you need if you want a pet panda? Here's a clip that has a little to do with the original question, but still manages to hover around the topic of animals. Why don't I create an app you can hold up to any animal and it will tell you what that animal is and four random moves that it can do. <laughs> so, because that's exactly what the Pokedex and Pokemon does. So with a dog, it can just be like, oh, it knows growl, it knows scratch, it knows bite, and it knows tail whip or something like well, that. And you can then battle them. Well, I it want would be my dog to battle your ex a lot. But, well, no, you don't have to fit, you can battle them in the game. You don't oh, have... yeah, yeah, that, that'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean lock them in a cage and starve them until one of them dies. <laughs> well, no, yeah, battling them in game, that was what I had in mind. Because I just sort of thought, Every single animal in the world has at least four moves it can do, and maybe more. You know what I mean? Like, has this kind of picture reading technology moved on from the days when Google first brought out image searching? And I, this it was when we were at uni. Tin I, yeah, but that that does all that's doing is checking exact images, isn't mm. it? You can't get tin. You can't put a picture of me in tin eye and it goes and find every picture of me on the internet. You can use it will just reality. find other copies of that picture. But I remember when Google first brought out their image searching on phones, 
and I took a picture of um, someone we were at uni with, and um, it just brought up loads of pictures of apes <laughs> <laughs> because um, that's that's what it saw. So it was obviously <laughs> it, it it was obviously not very good. So would you be taking a picture of a dog and it just gives you the the specs for a cow? You'd need to master well, the technology. Yeah, but it can't be that much of a leap. It must have come on in. Well, Google haven't figured it out, but um. There's there's the augmented reality thing you can set up where if you scan something and it plays a video and whatnot. So I could just hook up videos to lots of different animals, surely. I don't know. So that when you scan an axolotl, which kind of goes, axolotl, there's these mirrors and blah, 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 and a random little fact about it. It would take forever to do because I'd have to basically sit there and go through. How would you make money out of it? Are you selling the app? Are you selling it as a game? Well, I'd, I'd be making it gimmicky because it'd be basically a real-life Pokedex. And it would be turning animals into Pokemon. And then you're going to charge twenty nine ninety nine for the app. <laughs> and then you can, if you can, I don't know, fight your virtual animals on that. I don't know. But charge people for battles. Only let them have one battle a day. But if they want an extra battle, they have to spend ninety nine p per battle. That's I don't really care about the money side of it. I just want to live in a world. Okay, where you all... design it and develop it, then give it to me, and I'll monetize it and keep the cash for myself. I just want a justifiable reason to start catching things in nets until I've developed the ball why would you need in. to catch them in nets you can do it with your phone you catch them all. I want to basically make this world Pokemon but you want to go hunting these animals <laughs> and keep them in a tiny ball in your pocket where do they uh, right where do they keep all the balls in um well talk to me about how Pokemon in real life works because when you're out wandering through the woods and you get attacked by a wild animal and then you throw your wild animal at it and it bursts out of the ball and then it beats up the other wild animal, and then you throw another ball that magically shrinks the other Pokemon, and you now have a golf ball, uh, like a tennis ball-sized ball, and you sling it in your bag, and then you repeat that process two steps later, and you've got like 25 of these in your bag. Does your bag, do, do they shrink as well when they go in your bag? How do you carry them all? You upload the uh, Pokemon to a computer and install well, the balls somewhere. What, so you kill the original? No, Is this going back to our living forever in a machine thing? Right, I've taken your DNA, Mr. Pokemon, and now you're going to die. I don't know whether you copy him or what, to be fair. This is my worry about um, being stored on a computer, that the real you dies and... So then, if they're just stored on a computer, how do you get them back off again and make them real again so that you can battle with them? Computer loads them back into a ball. What, and that's the same one, or is it yeah, a copy of the original? It's the same one. So it disintegrates and becomes data... And then yeah. somehow magically gets it. This doesn't stack up. It doesn't <laughs> seem feasible. Has anyone ever pointed this out about Pokemon before? This game yeah. is ridiculous. I don't think so. I think it, it all stacked up until that moment where you just unraveled the thread a little bit. It's sheer nonsense. Well, it's the only implausible part about it. No, it's not. <laughs> it's utter drivel of the whole time. Why do people like this game? It has no basis it's in only reality. Because I'm waiting for the moment I can catch a dog and then... And then kill it and no. keep a picture of it in your computer and then magically bring back a hologram of it and pretend to battle other holograms. But really, what's actually happened is you've, mur- you've murdered the original <laughs> dog and just made it a character in your augmented okay, reality video game. What that's what do. Pokemon is. Not, I don't really want to... They're not really coming back to life. They're just holograms battling each other after you've killed the original. And the woods is just full of animal corpses. I just think this app is my ticket to becoming the next David Attenborough. He's pushing on a bit. Get your daily fix from the lads over at We're From The Internet over on Spreaker. 
com, which is like a big old network or clearinghouse, or maybe it's a flea market of internet radio and podcasts. I'm not sure, but they seem to be highly populated. Uh, that's Spreaker.com, S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R, like speaker uh, with an R in there. Their URL is we'refromtheinternet.com. However, if you would like to visit their site directly, we're going to pay a visit to the podcast graveyard right after this important word from our sponsor. This portion of Succotash is brought to you by Henderson's Innovation in Pantaloons and Trousers since 1896. Almost 80 years ago, when Grandpa Al Henderson was struggling to raise a family during the Great Depression, he did what any unemployed family man would do. He shoplifted food. But he did it the right way and never got caught because he used his patented Henderson's kleptomatic trousers made with pride in the USA with not four, not five, but 11 expandable pockets that drape and shape naturally while stylishly concealing fresh fruits and vegetables, eggs, even live poultry, and feed a family of five while never once alerting market vendors or law enforcement officials. Well, as they say, everything old is new again. And now, Henderson's is proud to offer Kleptomatic Plus, microchip equipped to neutralize barcode scanners, exit alarms, and other loss control detectors, so you can walk through any door with confidence. That's Henderson's Kleptomatic and Kleptomatic Plus trousers, helping you provide with confidence in every stride. And now, back to more of Succotash. There's Bill Haywatt. I guess he still does work for us, for now. now of course, now that he has his own show and all, who knows how long that's going to last. Podcast Tyson Saner, our associate producer, dreamed up this segment, which I love because it pays homage to some late, great podcasts that, although they may have been beloved at one time, have gone away for one reason or another. In most cases, we may never know why. The latest show to lie in state is an old favorite of Succotash, mainly because we've had some great interactions with the host over the past couple of years and even a couple of free beers at the very first Los Angeles Podcast Festival. I'm talking about Pod Crash with Chris Gore, the same guy that started Film Threat magazine many years ago. Chris's gimmick was to crash other podcasts, showing up as a guest, then featuring that appearance on his podcast. The clip we have for this is from when he crashed Succotash, then clipped his appearance, which made this even more meta was when we then clipped that clip, and so we were both featured on a clip from a clip from this show. Mark Hershon does this show. Uh, called Succotash. And I, I met Mark actually at the LA Podcast Festival, which was in Los Angeles, put on, of course, uh, by uh, my buddies uh, over at uh, Comedy Film Nerds, uh, Graham Elwood and Chris Mancini, and met Mark. And, and uh, it was interesting because he was telling me about a show. And I said, I, I, I love that show. I want to listen to that show. I want to listen to that show all the time. Started listening to the show, and it's amazing. He asked me to bring uh, clips to play for him. So I brought clips to play from other podcasts that I happen to like. And he brought clips and we sort of listened to each other's clips and then spoke in between. So you're going to, you're going to hear me. Normally I, you know, I interrupt the show and, and offer commentary about what's going on. And, and really this sort of speaks for itself. There's really not much need to comment because you're hearing, I think it would be confusing if I kept interrupting a podcast where you hear me play clips from other podcasts. I'm going to, I'm going to, I might interrupt. I'll interrupt uh, maybe a little bit in the middle 
just to give you, you know what I'm doing? I'm just going to, I'm just going to talk at the end because it'll be too confusing. But I actually was in, uh, this was recorded actually in San Francisco in the lobby of the Marriott in San Francisco, the Marriott Marquis, which uh, when WonderCon used to be in San Francisco, that was my, that was my favorite hotel to stay at. But I was up in town for the uh, Stitcher Awards, the uh, 2012 Stitcher Awards, which, you know what? I was a nominee, did not win, but was very happy just to be a part of it and to meet other podcasters. And uh, this was taped the same day. We recorded this the same day as Succotash Day, w- which is weird. Now, let me tell you about Mark, though. Mark is an amazing, interesting dude. He's, first of all, a comedian. He's a, pr- a producer. He's the co-author of a book, which is, now, I have not read the book, but he gave me a copy of the book. It's called I Hate People. Kick loose from the overbearing and underhanded jerks at work and get what you want out of your job. I hate, it's, the, 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 the front of the book says, I hate people in really giant letters. I cannot wait to read this book in public. Just to have a book that says, I hate people. In fact, this is a fun thing to do, actually. Because reading a book in public, you're saying something about yourself by actually holding a book that you read in public. A fun thing to do is to actually make fake covers for books or to take covers from other books, put it on a book. Maybe you're embarrassed to read a book. You take a different cover, uh, sort of a jacket from another book, put it on your book or actually make on your computer a fake cover to a book. But I Hate People in Giant Letters is on this book. I'm definitely going to be reading that in, in, in public. But the cool thing about Mark is his main job is creative uh, director at a company called Lexicon Branding. Something amazing about Mark, he is a guy who names things. Okay, So, for example, he came up with the name for BlackBerry. All right, His claim to fame, he named the BlackBerry. That is crazy. The, his, his entire job is coming up with names for things. That's insane. And then on the side also, in addition to that, the guy writes screenplays. This is a multifaceted, creative dude. And, and uh, we're around the same age. So I think, I, I think we bonded so well because um, I think we both just we, – we both like to have uh, jobs that are creative and challenge us. And then um, I, I think uh, uh, Mark will agree with me. I don't think either of us is, is satisfied just doing one thing. I like to do multiple things. So for me, you know, doing a podcast, working on a couple animated web series, doing stand-up comedy, doing improv shows at iOS. West. Um, these are some of the things that I'm doing. And Mark, a very diverse career with uh, uh, doing podcasts, screenwriter, and a guy who names things like the BlackBerry. That's crazy. That is an insane, crazy th- – that's a weird job. I would love to have a job where you name things. That would be awesome. All right. So let's get to it. It's Mark Hershon. Succotash. Oh, it's too long of a story. I don't want to bore you. <laughs> I'm writing a book about all this. If oh, you want okay. to read more about Film Thread, uh, I, I have, the thing is, we were just talking about naming things. Yes. This is part of what you do. That is what, yes, it is. And I'm blown away that that's part of what you do, because naming things, I am a word fetishist. <laughs> I love alliteration. I'm a big fan of portmanteau. I, uh, I love, love to, uh, I don't know, I just, I'm a fetish for words as as I know that you are. Oh, as well. absolutely. I mean, you know, it, it was, uh, you know, trying to come up with a name for this podcast. Well, you know, for what I do, I play snippets of other people's podcasts, Succotash. Succotash, it's perfect. And it has the word suck in it, which you can't, <laughs> right. you can't miss. Which, I mean, I mean, this episode could suck. I bl- will blame myself. Oh, not I'll at blame all. blame myself. Is, it has a guest host, so it's already better than most of them. Uh, well, <laughs> I, 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 but I, I can't come up with a name for my book. You will. What is the name of the book about film threats? 
What could the name of that book be? Hmm. I can't think of... This is the thing because name ties into theme. You know, naming things... Like, we could sit here and talk all day about what a name means and the origin of a name and that stuff. I love stuff like that. Like... Well, sometimes, God, sometimes, the, you know, to... sometimes the thing has to come out. I, just like you, I have people bring me their film scripts and their books and say, hey, help me title this thing. And sometimes, just based on the premise, you come up with the title. Sometimes I have to read the whole damn thing go, you know what, this character uh, on page 74 says this. These two words in that sentence would be a perfect title. And I love this. the names of it. Like, I love a name that tells you what it is, but also has, like, that sort of second read. Oh, you know, absolutely. like, it's like, oh, it's, oh, that's a double meaning. Or, like, on a movie poster, like, a second oh that's that you can see something else that's right. if you look at it like to me second reader sort of deep you know subtext is, is really important i can't come up with a name for my book you will. about film threads you well it's so if close you can, to you, you, you that's your, that's what you do I'll come think, up with a name for film thread, but i would really owe you if you can no you nah don't worry about what it what would be the first name one's free it? just like heroin <laughs> thank you thank you uh, crash podcast made it to epi 106 in july of last year and then Nothing after that. So, although it's been a little less than a year, I'm going to go ahead and declare Podcrash with Chris Gore to be legally di... This is weird. We don't have a live phone line, but on the phone from... I don't know where he's calling from. Hi, Chris. It's Mark Hershon. Hey, what's happening, man? I'm actually at uh, Phoenix Comic Con in Phoenix, Arizona. Oh, cool. Cool. Well, uh, you know, we've got this new feature called the Podcast Graveyard, where we feature clips from podcasts that we just haven't heard from for a long time. We assume they're dead, but here I'm talking to you now, so... What, what's going on with Podcrash? Well, first of all, just let me be clear. I'm not dead. Um, oh, and Podcrash, Podcrash isn't dead. I, I just, uh, you know, look, here's, here's a couple things. A couple things. One, I reached episode 106. And once I got north of 100 episodes, I got lazy. Ah. So that's number one thing. Number two, over the more than two years that I did the podcast, I didn't make a dime. I think I got one advertising check from uh from sideshow for 20 bucks wow so in the entire time i probably spent you know over five grand on equipment and this and libsyn or whatever so it was a, a little money suck and secondly i think that i wanted to distinguish myself as a comedian that does not have a podcast <laughs> that used to have a podcast because there are too many every comedian has a podcast i wonder if anyone's listening to them anymore so many people, I would just, I'd, you know, I'd meet comedians doing shows and stuff. Everyone's exchanging their business cards saying, listen to my podcast. I don't give a shit. How about we just have a conversation right now with each other? And I think that we've kind of lost that. You know, we were having conversations into microphones and not with, with each other. And, uh, you know, I've been, I'm actually, frankly, enjoying my time off. But I do have, like, 15, 20 episodes of Podcrash Bank. Um, to run, and then I also, I do Podcrash actually live at conventions. So I actually have been doing the show live. In fact, I did Podcrash at the recent Star Wars celebration, and the audio from that ran on the 91 Reasons podcast, which is by Jeff Tucker. If you've not listened to 91 Reasons, it's a great podcast. Jeff Tucker is a, just a, he's not a comedian, but he should be. And he, he does a podcast about pop culture. Anyways, so I've been doing my show live. I just haven't put out any episodes. So it's not dead. It's kind of like Spock at the end of Star Trek two. <laughs> he can come back. And I think if anything in science fiction, if something's dead, it's like, you know, it's not dead. You know that that character is not dead. How many times have they, how many times have they killed Robin in the Batman comics? <laughs> Robin dies this issue. And the next issue, there's a new Robin. So, good, good so point. Pod crash, 
Podcast will be coming back, but what I want to have is I want to have something that I'm going to be promoting. And right now I really don't have like a big project to promote. I've got projects down the road. And I think once those projects come, this is, I'm giving you the honest answer. Once those projects come to fruition, I'm going to bring the podcast back as a way to promote that stuff. But okay, I'm good. really kind of tired of everyone having a podcast. I mean, it, it's got to be exhausting for you being the number one podcast that reviews other podcasts. <laughs> I, I hear what you mean. I mean so, so, we're, so staying with the sci-fi thing then, Podcrash is not dead. It's just in suspended animation. It's in suspended animation. It's going to come back like Captain America. You know, he, <laughs> the, uh, Captain America was, in, in, he was frozen in the ice. And then he came back uh, in, you know, in, in the modern day. So, you know, we'll, so that's kind of, I mean, I definitely plan for Podcrash to come back at some point, but there's got to be a reason for it. And because, you know, I reached a milestone, milestone I felt comfortable with because I did it for two years consistently and, uh, and, and, and kind of established myself in another, another arena, and I really enjoyed that. I kind of think it's like it did, it, with, it did what it was supposed to do but I will be bringing it back because I get people constantly coming up to me telling me like that they love, they love the show and they want to have it back. So I will be bringing it back. I just, I can't exactly promise when, but you'll be the first, you know, your job, I feel sorry for you. Your job is never done. <laughs> there are more, I think there are more podcasts than there are people listening to podcasts. It's crazy. It's crazy. So yeah, in, it's insane. In, in keeping with the motif, then when the world needs pod crash most, it will come back. Yes, exactly. That's exactly it. Okay. If Gotham needs me, I will start doing a podcast <laughs> because I'm, I'm definitely not in any shape to put on a bat suit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris, listen, thanks so much for talking to us. Get back to the con and uh, we will keep the uh, our eyes peeled on the sky for the pod crash signal. Uh, thanks so much, man. Take care, Mark. <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye. Okay, so that was that Chris Gore, as he's known on Twitter, and you heard it directly from him, pod crash, not dead. If you want to hear the first 106 episodes of Chris's show, they're still all up online at his home site, podcrashwiththatchrisgore.libson.com. And someday, as you heard, when we need him most, he'll be back. We're about to get into the tweet sack. Easy, Tweety. I said about to. But first, I have a clip ripped from the tweet sack. This next clip comes to us from the Eric and Stacy podcast. They used our instant upload option and got their clip to us just by going to Hightail.com slash U, that's the letter U, slash Succotash. Their note with the clip reads, quote, Hi there, Succotash, got a clip for you. We were in the middle of our, quote, dumb fuck of the week, unquote, segment. The dumb tweet Eric read jogged his memory about what they opened the show with. Eric's job at the car dealership and had some more details to add. The clip is from Epi 102. Well, that was gross of Eric and Stacy talking rubbish. Unquote. Thanks, Eric and Stacy. Someday we may even learn what your last names are, Eric and Stacy. Here's the clip. Just finished eating raw chicken breast. Somebody owes me $20. <laughs> There was another thing about that guy at work. Is he fucking destroyed the toilet every day? <laughs> he had a 90 degree anus. Oh, no, would, not one of those. It was, was blow out the whole back. It's like, there's that lip, oh, no. you know, where the like seat rests. Like guy. it gets yeah. under, like it went up at some point. It blew up on his own cheeks. It's like, oh, yeah. 
Like George. I would hear from the parts guy all the time. He's like, what's wrong with him? <laughs> and this is more than, he's like, we have to stop going in there sometimes. We, we go all the way upstairs now. Oh, no. He's like, I once heard him flushing like six times. And before that, I saw him upstairs eating KFC for the seventh day in a row. <laughs> Time to reevaluate your diet. It was just like Carmen with the chicken skins. It's like, <laughs> oh, like when I get a text at like one in the morning. Oh, I've been throwing up since I got home. It's like, no shit. <laughs> I'd be surprised if your body wasn't rejecting that. Oh, that's the most brilliant act of nature. It's trying to save you from death. It is. It's trying to clean you out. Jesus Christ. Oh, you live in a constant diet of fried chicken and Mountain Dew. Yes, something bad will happen to you, and you might not make it to work. Oh, oh fuck me! Oh, so many things got better at the dealership since he's been gone. It's just now I Toilet's have to. Clean. I have to fill the fucking. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I just have to be there, which I, I just hate work. You, in you general. know, we're both gonna, in that we're both in that short staffed kind of a situation right now, uh, and so we're both yeah. working too much and exhausted and. Oh my Sore. god. <laughs> Let's uh should we just go to break? Let's go yeah. to break. I think I'm done uh done complaining about things today. We'll get to some news when we come back. <laughs> oh my eyes were watering. Once I started thinking it's I wish I could recreate the face of the parts guy because I feel so bad for him. <laughs> Cause he's walked in there like there's no warning. Like there should no, be a I... warning system. Like, right. like when you go in like you remember the radio studios. When we walked into uh, the studio, there's a red light above the door. Yeah. <laughs> should, like, someone like should flip a switch and that thing should be on a timer. Like give the like eh, this is pretty this is KFC and Mountain Dew for seven days. I'm gonna enter thirty five minutes. Like some you know what? kind no, of a buzzer I'll for give, a nuclear I'll, spill I'll give or it something. Forty minutes just to be safe and the door remains locked, the red lights on. It's like a you, it, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. You got the little, the little, the little thing, the little Geiger counter, but it'd be uh-huh. for like shit smell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just goes under lockdown. It's got the big giant, those big giant locks. <laughs> so you just well, guess I'm going upstairs. <laughs> yeah, there's like some some great like air vacuum that sucks it all out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, the atmosphere. <laughs> Gotta create a vacuum. That would get the seagulls off the roof. Oh my god! (laughs) They'd be like, oh, 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 oh no! Mm -mm." I'll be like blowing the hatch of the Enterprise. (laughs) (laughs) Everything just goes flying. And those fucking seagulls on the roof. Like (laughs) that happened every day. Slowly falling feathers coming back down. (laughs) One's walking around naked. Looks like a chicken. Pissed off, like they, like you blew my feathers off, and it stunk like shit. What? <laughs> oh, I bet they wouldn't come back and nest up there. That then. is the worst. Those fucking seagulls. I swear to God, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh. That's another. I'll save that story for next week. Is uh, me and Ryan are working on getting tennis rackets. We're start taking <laughs> fucking beaks out and making necklaces out of them. Oh, Rotten motherfuckers. <laughs> oh, let's oh. take a break. <laughs> Still a little shit you should download. This is Corrosion of Conformity. The song is Albatross. You can give us a call at 262-299-0205 if you want to leave a voicemail. This is Talking Rubbish. We'll be right back. 
That's Eric and Stacy. Find them at Eric and Stacy Radio, and Stacy spells uh, her name S T A C E Y. Eric and Stacy Radio dot com. There, uh, or you can just use the link to their home site from the blog entry for this episode over at our home site, SuckatashShow dot com. Speaking of linking and clicking and helping out our show, say what? That's right. You can help out our show. We could use your help if you didn't notice. We don't have any sponsors here at Suckatash. Well, we do have Henderson's Pants, but that doesn't count. They don't pay for their ads. Why not, I hear you asking? Because they're fictional. That's why. So we have to depend on the generosity of people just like you, except with extra disposable income. Here's how to give us some of that without even feeling the pinch of generosity. Click over to SuccotashShow.com the next time you feel the itch to shop online and click on the Amazon banner at the top of our page. Anything that you buy during that visit will have a tiny slice of your purchase price sliced off and sent our way. And you won't even feel a thing. We've got our second burst of durst headed your way, but first it's now time to dive into the actual tweet sack. I said, here's the tweet sack. The tweet sack. Where the hell is that stupid? Oh, there you are, Tweety. Our first item reads, hello, Mark. Would you consider reviewing our podcast? It's called Drive Time Podcast and is recorded in a car on a daily commute. Thank you. Darren Johnson, Drive Time Podcast. Well, first of all, it's a very courteously written note. And yes, Darren, we will give your podcast a listen, play a clip on an upcoming episode of Succotash, and I may even review or at least mention it in a future Splitsider.com or Huffington Post entertainment review. Also, since you record your podcast in a car, and that's usually where I'm recording mine, uh, we're kindred spirits of a sort. This past week, by the way, I I reviewed both uh, Henry and Heidi, a podcast starring Henry Rollins, former lead singer for Black Flag, and his assistant, Heidi May. I also talked about the Polly Shore uh, podcast show, featuring, of course, the one and only Polly Shore. You can find links to those write-ups on Twitter uh, through our At Succotash Show feed. So we mentioned that on there. Here's a word on another new podcast that comes to us from Jennifer Rossell, a publicist with New York Public Radio. It reads, Hi, I wanted to make sure you knew about a new TV fan podcast from WNYC, Duplicast, a fun, utterly original orphan black fan show about clones, by clones, for clones, and other humans. Duplicast is a comedy-slash-fan fiction podcast like no other. Get into the clone zone with comedians uh, Siobhan Thompson and Anna Rubinova uh, in their alternate reality recap, or is that precap, show of everyone's favorite and really the only clone show, BBC America's Orphan Black, which started its third season back in uh, back on Saturday, April 18th. In each episode, Thompson and Rubinova, clone, uh, their clone alter egos, Hannah Bingham and Emma Drexler, analyze Orphan Black, delving into the relevant clone issues of the day and casting a critical eye on what the show gets right. Clones can be twins and wrong. Clones can't be men. Ah, see, the, the new season proves that wrong when it comes to the actual lives of clones. There are plenty of recap podcasts out there, but none quite this absurd or pseudo-scientific. Well, that sounds interesting. I happen to be a big fan of Orphan Black. In fact, uh, the guy who plays Donnie on that show is a follower of, of our tweets, Twit stream. How about that? So I'll definitely check it out. There's a link to the show, which is kind of long, so I will pop it into the blog for this episode if you're interested in giving a listen to Duplicast. 
All right, time to give you the rundown of many of those folks who cared enough about us this past week to tweet, retweet, mention, like, favorite, follow, DM, or otherwise give us a little so-me love. Eat KS, Mimi Toll, We're Not Alone, Pod Mafia, Audio Spaces, Davian Dent, Strange Times Podcast, Leroy and Earl, Dave in the Cave, The Kimchi Chronicle, Ultimate Face Palm, Salty Language Pod, Danny Polichuk, Polichuk, DAPF Pod Neil C, Ryan Barasa, Dad Spotlight, San Diego Sabrina, The Slant, Always MP Strong, Brit in American, Kevin Daji, Illusionoid, Dan Delgado, Dana Gould, Caitlin A.E. Smith, Kat Sorens, Instagrants 2, Lee Bullock, Monica Homburg, Clutch and Wiggle, This Shite Podcast, BS Podcast Network, Justine Santaniello, I feel like going to screw that one up, Chelsea Crossed, uh, The Angry Chimp, Mad Happy Out Now, Stranger <laughs> Conversation, Social Bullies 93, Founder Magazine, Brandon Engel, and Nancy Slotnick. Before we get out of here, we have our second burst of durst for this episode. In this installment, Will shows off his social commentary card and talks about several advantages and disadvantages of being a baby boomer. Hey guys, Will Durst here to say that population scientists describe the baby boom generation as anybody born between 1946 and 1964, which means the youngest baby boomer turned 50 last year, which is just so wrong. Boomers are the architects of the youth culture. We're the Pepsi generation that had a minor fling with Coke. But as demonstrated throughout our flower-powered history, we enter this new phase of life with unwavering optimism, a firm commitment to effect positive change, and pockets full of drugs. But you kids shouldn't think that growing old is all gloom and doom. No, no, no. An equal amount of good travels with the gruesome, which is why we now present the four major advantages and disadvantages of being a baby boomer. First, the disadvantages. Number one, exorbitant costs for replacement parts. Number two, sex and drugs and rock and roll, and now naps. C, when acid flashbacks meet dementia. Number three, turns out that old adage was right. The good do die young, which explains why we're still here. And finally, your children are no longer reliable sources when it comes to tech support, and all the grandchildren have lost the ability to pick up a phone. Now here's four of the advantages to being a baby boomer. Number one, fewer peers means less peer pressure, and it diminishes every day. Number two, going to the bathroom three times a night turns out to be a highly effective means of home security. Number three, always one ear hair so long and thick you can cut cheese with it. D, in hostage situations, chances are you'll be among the first released. Number four, you no longer have to worry about being the fresh young thing in prison. Sweet. And finally, your knees are better at predicting the weather than the guy on TV. For Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast, I'm Will Durst. Pockets full of drugs. As I mentioned earlier, if you're in or around San Francisco at the end of June, you can catch Durst giving a workshop as part of the Beatnik Shindig out at Fort Mason. That's on Saturday, June 27th. 
He'll be doing his thing from 10.30 to 11.30 a.m. And the cost to get in is just 20 bucks to see Will talk about uh, how he does what he does. So hop on over to BeatNickShindig.com. That's where tickets are available. All right, that's it for this edition of Succotash Clip, friends. I know it was a long drought between shows this time, longer even than usual. But I'm trying to get back on the beam. I already have a full rack of clips locked and loaded for another episode coming up real soon. In the meantime, enjoy, tell your friends, and thanks, as always, for passing the Succotash. You've been listening to Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast with your host, Mark Hershon. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants and... Imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuckatashShow.com, on iTunes, on Stitcher Smart Radio, and on SoundCloud. You can also hear us streaming and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Suckatash Show. Email us at MA at SuccotashShow.com or call into the Suckatash hotline at our non-toll-free call number 818-921-7212 That number again is 818-921-7212 Suckatash is produced and engineered with the kind assistance of Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, home of the hit. Our associate producer is Tyson Saner. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Until next time, I am your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the psychotage. Goodbye. Goodbye.